Welcome to the Story King podcast, where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today we'll be doing writing prompts with my three sons. So, first up is my oldest son. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Jen Arthur. I'm 11 in sixth grade, and this is my writing prompt. There's a guy at a store that just got blown up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a guy at a store that just got blown up? Yeah. So that's, uh, so that's my oldest son, John Arthur, and that was his writing prompt. A guy at a store just got blown up. So I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to write a story, and however it comes out is however it comes out. There's no editing or anything. And now for my middle son, why don't you introduce yourself and tell me your writing prompt. Hi, my name is Michael, and I am nine years old in fourth grade, and my writing prompt is a guy in London gets pulled over into a dark alley where no one's there by two men. Hmm, sounds very dark. Okay, so I'm going to give myself 10 minutes and write a story for that one, and I'll come back and read it. And now it's time for my youngest son. I'll let him introduce himself. Hi, my name is Christopher, and I'm five years old, and I'm in kindergarten. Okay. And my writing prompt is about a war. It's about a war? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that the only thing you're telling me about the war, so I have to make up everything else? Nope. Are you going to tell me something else about this war or no? Who is it a war between? Hmm. The French and the English. The Who are the first ones? French and the English. The French and the English. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay, so those were my three sons and their writing prompts. So I'm going to take 10 minutes to write each one, and then I'll come back and read them, and we'll see how I did. Okay, here I go. Okay, so the first prompt I wrote was John Arthur's, and it had to do with a man and a store getting blown up. So, this is what I came up with. The man moved in and out of aisles searching, but searching for what? I'll tell you what he was not searching for. He was not searching for groceries or candles, light bulbs, or paper towels. No, Mr. Tobias Flanagan was searching for the bomb his partner planted. You see, Mr. Flanagan was a store owner himself, and try as he may, his large department store was never more successful than its competitor. I won't bore you with the name of his competitor, but let's just say it rhymes with schmarget and has a bullseye for a logo. Henry Chang was the name of Flanagan's partner. The pair tried everything, lowering their prices, giveaways, catered parties with free food. It didn't matter. Everyone loved Schmarget better. So Henry Chang decided to simply blow the store up. Problem solved, right? 
Tobias Flanagan was on board at first, but the more he thought about it, the more he felt guilty about it, until he just couldn't take it anymore, so he broke into the store in the middle of the night, because they of course had no intention on killing anyone, so the bomb was set to detonate at exactly 2 a.m., but it was 1.57, and there was no sign of the bomb, for Henry would not tell Tobias where he planted it, so Tobias had no choice but to run out of the store. From the parking lot, he watched the explosion and was blown back a hundred feet himself. Helicopters and planes flying overhead saw the fiery mushroom cloud ascend into the sky. Henry called Tobias at that moment and laughed his villainous laugh, saying, Finally, our competitor is gone! But the joke was on them, because Schmargett simply built another store in its place and opened it within months of the first store's demise. Henry and Chang and Tobias Flanagan went bankrupt. The end. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so how did I do? Good. Good? I liked it. You liked it? Yeah. Okay. I All right, like so. Whole, I like the whole thing um, about how they went bankrupt right after. Yeah. <laughs> can't mess with schmargett okay so now this is michael's prompt uh michael's prompt had to do with the man in london being grabbed by two men and brought to a dark alley right okay yes. so this is uh this is how i how i interpreted that prompt he walked briskly to keep warm the pub was just a few short streets away that was his only plan meet up with mary for a few drinks propose, and go home before midnight, for he had work the next morning. He made a right turn, and the lights of the pub appeared. He felt the box with the diamond ring in his pocket. This brought a smile to his face. But his meeting with Mary was not to be, for when he was just a hundred feet away, four large arms grabbed him and brought him into a deep and dark alley. Hey, let go, the man shouted. All in good time, Zondor. How do you know my name? The two humongous men did not answer. Instead, they pressed a button on the wall, and the ground opened up, revealing a staircase. They forced Zondor down the stairs and walked behind him. The opening they had entered shut, and for a moment it was pitch black. But soon, one of the men flicked the switch, and an eerie, fluorescent light turned on. Zondor was now in a mysterious room, and can clearly see his captors. They at first looked like tall, but ordinary men until they ripped off their masks. Zondor let out a sigh of relief when he saw the slimy antennas, the seven bulging eyes, pig snout, and protruding fangs. Zondor said, Oh, it's you. You scared me for a minute. What's the big idea grabbing me like that? At that point, Zondor took off his own mask. As your older brothers, we can't let you go through with this. Through with what? Zondor protested. That girl you've been meeting up with for drinks. Mary? What about her? It will never work out, the oldest brother said. She doesn't know you're not human, the other added. Zondor sighed. He knew they were right, but deep down he hoped they were wrong. Well, I have to try, he said. Mary is the only one in the galaxy I love and want as my wife. Who cares if she's human? And she's the only one who loves me for who I am. She has no idea who you are, the brother said. But I understand. A zip-zoing has to do what a zip-zoing has to do. But don't say we didn't warn you. You may go in peace. Zondor put his human disguise back on and went back to the pub to propose to Mary. He almost got on one knee as soon as he saw her, but refrained. His three hearts were beating so fast. Thoughts raced across his oversized brain. He had to tell her. And so he did. He took Mary out of the pub for a walk. 
and when they were in a secluded place, he took off his disguise. Mary started to cry. I'm sorry, Zondor said. I should have told you sooner. No, Mary said. It's not that. It, it's just, well... At that moment, Mary took off her own mask, revealing her slimy antennas, seven bulging eyes, pig snout, and protruding fangs. I've been the deceptive one, she said. Zondor couldn't believe it. He immediately dropped to one knee and proposed. Mary, of course, said yes, and the two zip lived happily ever after. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I liked it. You liked it? All right, cool. All right. Yeah, they were his older alien brothers. They were called Zipzoings. All right, Christopher. So you had a writing prompt about um, the French and English getting into a war. Mm-hmm. All right, so. It's World War II. And well, let, let's. Uh, war. What? I want it to be a different war. Not the I, this is a different war. So this is a, diff- a very different war. Are you ready? Okay, so this is. Uh, Christopher's prompt about the French and English getting into a war. Okay, so here it goes. It would have been considered World War III. The countries were of course big enough, and both had enough allies to warrant a world war. But the year was 2719, and all the bombs, guns, and weapons were destroyed centuries ago. People had to get creative when they had a disagreement. Countries were no different. France and England had gotten into many wars over the years, and they took turns winning. One year it was France, the next it was England, and back and forth it went like a long game of ping-pong. For the way wars were now fought, the main weapon of choice, that is, was slapping faces. Each country would choose a representative, one with the strongest slapping hand, and they would have to go to an arena in a neutral country. They'd walk in like gladiators and step up to the podium in the center. There were cheers and boos from both French and English onlookers shouting from the stands. Jean-Pierre Cousteau was the slap champion of Paris. Never defeated, he had left hundreds of cheeks red. Will- <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't think I was going to laugh on my own line. Okay. William Michael Churchill, descendant of Winston, likewise was the undefeated slap champion of London. The two stared at each other with fire in their eyes. The crowd fell silent, waiting for the buzzer. For when it sounded... Destiny would be determined. Whoever slapped first would win the war for their country and take control of the other. It ends now, Williams said. At which point, Jean-Pierre said something witty, but in French, so William could not understand. The buzzer sounded. Hands flew towards faces. The multitude watching held their breath, and then... Slap! Both faces were struck simultaneously. The cheeks of both French and English champions were bright red. This is unprecedented, the announcer said. It's a tie. The crowd shouted. Some cheered, some booed in protest. But France and England were forced to sign a peace treaty. The slapping madness had finally come to an end. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was really funny. Uh, Christopher, did you like it? It was your prompt. Mm. (laughs) Not really. Not really. Why not? I like this. Okay. Well, I tried my best. That was a war. It was they slap each other. That's how they do the war in 2719. It's supposed to be hundreds of it, years into the future. I didn't want it in 2719. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll try to do better next time. Okay. Okay. All right. So that was our writing prompts uh, from my three sons. Um, I'll try to do more episodes like this, especially if you enjoyed it.
So in full disclosure, I did set the timer for 10 minutes, but I ended up taking another five to 10 minutes. So each story took anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes to write. So uh, I was so into it after the 10 minutes that I just had to, to finish them up. But I hope you enjoyed it. I hope to do more episodes like this. Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast where great stories are read, discussed, and given their due honor. Please join us next time. Until then, 